0: Hey, this is the National Treasure, Nick Aldis, and you're listening to the All Night Long Wrestling Podcast. All night long. All night long. All night long. It's the All Night Long Wrestling Podcast
1: with the enforcer i believe you are called enforcers gordon
0: i sell women's shoes
1: and the stallion.
0: stallion baby i am not what you would call a handsome man i'll kick you in the nuts and you'll smile at me and like it Oh, night nice. oh. <laughs> Well, I don't know if we're on the air, but it seems like we. Here it is. Hey, hello, and welcome to another edition of the All Night Long Wrestling Podcast. We are your hosts. He's the Stallion. I'm the Enforcer. Joe, how's the feedback over there? Can you hear yourself? I can. I can. Sweet. You think that's going to make it on audio? Like, what's our plan? Should we just go with it, and that way it's like a three man booth? I think the plan is whenever I'm talking, you, you, should, you mute should mute your, your
1: microphone. Mute your microphone. That way there's less feedback. That way there's less feedback.
0: Why do you, hold on. Let's take everybody a little peek behind the scenes. Why do you think it's my microphone?
1: Because I can hear myself from your computer all the way where I am. So as we go through technical difficulties here on the ANLWP, that everybody can still hear. There we go. Okay. That's much better. Well, I'm going to stop talking now. I'm going to let you do the intro and let the audience know what it
0: is that we're talking about this week. I'm sure this is going to go off as smooth as sandpaper. However, welcome to another edition of the All Night Long Wrestling Podcast. He is your host. He is The Stallion. I'm The Enforcer. And we are about as technically proficient as a 1992 WCW Saturday night show. However, we are also in the throes... Of the greatest tournament ever, and that is the New Japan Pro Wrestling G1 Climax. <laughs> yeah, the old wife ski keeps she busting my chops. She's like, "Are you watching the climax?" <laughs> I don't know. She's very inappropriate, but uh, regardless, it's a New Japan G1 Climax. We're at night. I don't even know what night we are. I haven't missed. It's the first time I can ever say this. I have not missed a match so far of the tour, Joe, how about you?
1: Well, uh, night 11 was, uh, overnight last night into this morning. So I've seen all of the first 10 nights and I started watching night 11. Obviously I was at work all day today. So there was no opportunity for me to, uh, watch all the night 11 matches before we did this show, but I am up to speed on the results as far as who the winners are. And I have the standings, you know, pretty much right in front of me. So, uh, you know, yeah, I am, I am up to speed. I have done the best I can to uh, stay on track through the first eleven nights of the tournament.
0: Yeah, me too. I mean, it hasn't been, uh, it definitely hasn't been easy. But whatever's out there, I'm, uh, I'm watching it. Thanks to uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling World. And you know, I think, uh, you know, it's the first time in a long time. I don't know who's gonna win. You know, uh, you don't even know, like, the final four, like, the standings right now. Just going to let everybody know, if you're not up to date with the G1, don't listen to the show because we are going to tell you, like, the standings and everything. Just, uh, so I'll break down both blocks. Uh, A block, Okada at 12 points, Kenta, Abushi Tanahashi at 8 points, and Evil at 6 points. Everybody else is eliminated, so it doesn't really matter. Um, in the B block, you have John Moxley at 10. Juice at 6, Ishii at 6, Yano at 4, Shingo at 4, Naito, Taichi, Goto, Cobb, and Jay White all at 4. So that block is a lot tighter, especially because I'm going to make the bold prediction right now. Uh, Moxley's going to lose his next two matches, Joe. And those two matches are to Toro, Yano, and Jay White. The Yano roll-up is going to be legendary i'm i'm talking the rudy rudiger of professional wrestling matches i think it's going to be great and in that time i think you're going to have uh naito win his next two matches um and i'll put him at eight and moxley at 10 and then we'll have a little bit of a a nice stretch to going on to the closing nights but i mean ishii's right there It, it it's really a toss-up in the B block, because you have so many guys that are close, but Moxley's going to have to start losing, like you said, to make this a uh, an interesting tournament.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. They've they've you know made the decision, I guess, in the in the B block where you know he's won his first five matches of the nine that he's going to have in the tournament. Um, so he's yet to lose going into the next match with Yano, as you mentioned. Um, you know his remaining matches are Yano, Jay White. Uh, Goto and Juice Robinson, I believe, in, in his block. So he's probably going to need to lose at least two of those to make the last night interesting. Um, you know, if I'm if I'm re predicting it now or thinking about how it might play out, I think he, I think his last match is against Juice Robinson. So I wouldn't be surprised if either those two were fighting for the winner of the block, or at least you know Juice is in a position to spoil it for Moxley at that particular point in time. So I'm going to guess that that match will be pretty important. Of course, people remember that follow that uh, John Moxley beat Juice Robinson for the uh, IWGP US title in Moxley's first match. So I think they're going to put a lot uh, at stake in that match. So whether it's Naito or Ishii that are in the mix at the end, I think that that's probably how they'll do it on, uh, on that side of the house. With the A block, I don't know really. I mean, Okada is out to such a lead. Um, he's been through six matches. He's won them all. So he is at 12 points. There's only three matches left for him. So um, well, I don't expect him to go undefeated through the whole thing, it's certainly a possibility that, but he's definitely in good position to get to the finals. Mike's still muted and doesn't realize
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm so mad at uh, that statement, but you know, I was looking at the remaining days and I really think the Abushi Okada match on August tenth is going to um that's gonna be the meat and potatoes of the tournament, as they say. And I personally think Abushi is going to beat Okada on that match to get to the finals and I think he's gonna win, like I said from the beginning. And I think Okada will probably beat him at Wrestle Kingdom this year. But me personally, is going to beat Okada on night, uh, whatever night that is, August 10th. That'll be your match at Wrestle Kingdom main event for the IWGP heavyweight title.
1: So you think that is going to win the block but and defeat Okada over the last... Okay, so, I see, so you think Okada is going to... Let me just do this math here real quick. So Ibushi is at eight points. So that would mean that they each have three matches left. You're proposing that Okada will drop one of his next two um, and get to 14 points, and Abushi will win his next two and get to 12, and then beat Okada to tie him at 14 and win the block. That's your prediction. That's exactly my prediction, Joe. Okay, I just wanted to make sure I understood that. The I was just uh, running through it all in my head, so that that's how that block will play out. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think it's really coming down to. The only other person I think, and I know Kenta got off to a good start, but he's lost his last two, including the match to Okada. Um, I think the only other two folks that really have a shot are Ibushi and and Tanahashi. And Tanahashi just was very close to being eliminated because he did lose to Okada already. So um, he's going to pretty much have to sweep his last three matches, um, and Okada would have to to lose cause he can't tie, he would lose a tiebreaker. So it's really kind of already whittled down in the a block to maybe two, two, three guys, uh, at most at this point. Um, so yeah, I mean, so we'll see. I mean, I am assuming that there will be some, some drama or something on the line on the last night for each block. Um, so, um, it'll be interesting to see how it all progresses. There's not as many days off in between matches, I think over the next uh, week and a half, two weeks, so you know we'll see, but I think the story, of course, that most people have been talking about is just the performance of the performances of of Moxley uh, in this type of tournament. Not oh, really. Knowing. Excuse me.
0: So I'm sorry. Sorry to interrupt you. Uh, can you please only refer to him as uh, Johnny Wrestling from here on up?
1: No. So oh, am I talking now? Okay. So uh, yeah. So I think it's really his performances that have been the story. I, you know, he's beaten Tomohiro Ishii. He's beaten Tetsuya Naito. Um, you know, amongst others in that, in that block. And he's had several good matches along the way. I don't know, I personally, right, didn't know what to expect from him, you know, doing this type of, of tournament in Japan for the first time for him in many years outside of WWE. Um, But his performances have been really good. I mean, most, most, if not all of his matches have been, you know, good to really good. Uh, You know, like we talked, you know, the matches with Ishii, um, and Naito have particularly stood out. So, you know, he's just kind of Shingo been,
0: match was, sorry, the Shingo match was amazing.
1: Yeah. The Master Shingo was good as well. So I think he's, you know, he's got a lot of attention on him and now he's, you know, as, as we said before, he's in a position right now where he's leading the B block and, uh, with four matches to go, um, you know, we'll see if he keeps up the good performances, if he keeps winning and if he makes, you know, makes a case to get himself into the, uh, into the finals.
0: I think it's amazing that New J- like it. Looking at this tournament, you're already like, "Oh man, who's going to be the one to beat John Moxley?" John Moxley's been in New Japan for two months, month and a half, maybe two months. So for them to be able to build him up and put such an emphasis on his first loss and making another, um, you know, making another star, or you know, th- that loss already means so much. Because they don't trade the – I uh, can't curse this week, right? Thumbs up, thumbs down. No no cursing, okay. So that – the fact that they're able to build that character and through great performances, surprising performances, wins over, like you mentioned, uh, the win over Naito was probably the biggest surprise. I think almost everybody picked Naito to beat – I'm not getting arrested. That's good news. It's not me. Everybody picked Naito to really win that match. So to have Moxley win that match, you got him over by, I mean, his character and his name recognition, of course, but, you know, New Japan made him important by putting him in a position to be important to get over because we know, you know, we we both know he's not going to stay in New Japan forever. He's going to AEW. He signed the deal. Once TV starts in October, he's out. So having, building up Moxley strong. Getting him strong, getting that person that defeats him the rub from him while he built up his name in the three months he's in New Japan just to go to AEW, like literally everybody wins, and this situation could not have worked out any better for New Japan or Moxley or Yano, who apparently might beat him
1: this week and uh, and get that that signature victory that you're that you're talking about. But yeah, I mean, no one no one really knew, right? I mean, he. He of course had wrestled on you know, the independent scene before going to WWE. Was in NXT and then uh, quickly made it up to the main roster. But um, I don't think anybody really expected this this level, you know, of, uh, of I guess how high quality matches that he's been delivering, and the fact that the crowd has taken to him um, and reacts to him, you know, and his matches are something a little bit different, you know, versus what you might see in like a Naito Okada. Um, you know, Tanahashi type set of matches that I think, you know, folks in Japan are probably used to. So it's, it's just a different style. I mean, he, um, you know, incorporates some of the weapons on the outside. So, I mean, he, he has a lot of different possibilities in terms of, you know, beyond the tournament, whatever feuds he may or may not get into in Japan or, or come back for. Um, as you noted, he's, you know, he's slated for the all out show, uh, labor day weekend for AEW, he's going to fight Kenny Omega. And then the weekly TV show starts October the second, so he's going to be doing a lot of work, uh, of course, for AEW going going forward. Um, you know, d- depends, I guess, on seeing how he'll go forward in Japan if he'll work some big shows or the Dome or whatever it might be. I'm sure, you know, he's got it in his contract to do to do that type of stuff. But yeah, good on him. You know, I mean, he's he was a recognizable guy, right, in the wrestling industry just from WWE, and um, you know, now he's kind of gone out and you know enhanced his uh, reputation even further in his work in AEW and Japan so far.
0: I feel like that was a very smart Alecky uh response by you in regards to the Yano. Um yes, I do believe Yano's gonna beat him, but I think the person that's gonna get the rub from this is going to be Juice Robinson. Because at some point um they're gonna have the rematch for the US heavyweight title. And I think Juice Robinson's gonna get the W over Moxley. It's probably the deal. He came in, beat Robinson, uh beat Juice for the title, and you know, Juice is Slowly but surely, really winning me over. I wasn't a huge fan of him uh, at C.J. Parker because I never watched Baywatch, but I wasn't a huge fan of Max X T either. And um, he it became like a six-man guy in New Japan. Then he became a U.S. heavyweight guy, and now he's like literally to be taken serious in the G1. I think that's a credit to him and a credit to the uh, you know his ability to get up and just leave America and be like, listen, I'm going to Japan and I'm going to try something new. Um, so good on him. But I really think. Looking at this tournament, uh, nobody nobody's getting buried in the tournament except for Zach Sabre Jr., which I think kind of sucks, especially for Rev Pro because he's the Rev Pro champion. Um, last night, I do believe he did beat Will Ospreay. Um, I, I, last night's the only night, again, like you, I haven't watched yet, but he was at the bottom of four points. And he kind of looks like a little bit of a crybaby, if you will, Joe, uh, in losing, which is a gimmick, and that's fine. You know, he loses and then he cries and he throws things, so that's cool. So, but I'm glad he got a win over Will Osprey because I don't think I could have taken another Zack Sabre Junior. loss because his matches have been uh, very entertaining. So now, as a guy that's you first time ever really ever watching the G1, what are you? Does anything surprised you so far about this tournament? Not a the outcome of the matches, but like just watching the tournament itself. Like, did you, you know, are you not overexposed to wrestling? Like, are you surprised like how good matches are in and out? Like the shape these guys are in, the tag matches are good. What, what really kind of took you aback about this tournament? Well, I mean, I guess it's, it's two
1: things. I guess just, you know, having not watched these in previous years, um, yeah, the first thing I guess is just the length of the shows, right? I mean, they're really all, three hours or so, you know, give or take maybe plus or minus five or 10 minutes, depending on the night. Um, and they get, I think about nine matches in per night, five block matches, and then, you know, three or four of the tag matches. Um, and they, and they keep the show moving, right? So there's no, there's not a lot of in between stuff in between the matches. I know the, each, the end of the show kind of ends with a go home promo, but other than that, it's just kind of like the introduction, the, you know, the introduction credits. And then they, they go to the matches and they just run right through them. So, I guess that was one thing I really wasn't aware of, having mostly only watched the big shows for New Japan, which are a lot longer, like four to five hours. Um, so that was probably the first thing that really jumped out at me. And the other thing I guess is, you know, I know you mentioned, you know, outside of the match results, but some of the match results I think are—it's just interesting how they kind of pick and choose, you know, when certain guys lose, right? I mean, you always want to try to protect your big stars and your main eventers, but in a tournament like this, they're all wrestling nine matches apiece. There are a lot of head-to-head stuff that you have to f- kind of figure out with the way the blocks are set up. So it's just interesting to see, right? Like Naito loses his first two matches, you know, Tanahashi loses some matches. Sabres lost a bunch of matches. Like you said, um, they've put, they put Kenta and Moxley at the top of each block right, right away, which I thought was surprising. I wasn't really expecting them to take the two outsider guys who just came in and, um, you know, shoot them to the top of the standings right away. Um, seems like they've kind of, at least at this point, giving a little bit more credence to evil over Sonata between those guys. So it's just interesting to see, right? Like the inter um, faction matches and how guys compare. So I guess that's the other piece of it that is interesting to me, just kind of seeing how those guys, um, you know, interact and how it all kind of pieces together in the end.
0: I don't want to pull a comparison to the WWE, but I'm going to, I'm going to ask you this question here. How do you think new Japan and the booking are able to have guys lose clean Tanahashi, for example, have him lose clean as a sheet, middle of the ring, tapping out, but keep him strong and have the fans still see him as a legitimate threat. How do they do that? And how does WWE do such a terrible job at that? Well, I think it's two things.
1: Uh, One is, you know, a lot of these guys that they have as, as main event level guys um, are already pretty established and, and don't lose very often. Right. Because the new Japan schedule is it's not like WWE where they have, you know, one to two TV shows a week and then a pay-per-view once a month and all that type of stuff. There's less frequency, at least up until like this section of, of G1 matches where guys don't wrestle as much and don't lose as much. So I think that's the first thing. And I think like, you know, the guys are just, they have built up credibility, right? So a guy like Tanahashi, who's, you know, you can you compare can him in terms of stature, um, to like a John Cena in the U S in, in the sense, right. That he's about the same age he's been around about the same amount of time. He's won the titles more than anybody. Um, so he can lose a decent amount as Cena had done towards the end of his you know run in WWE. And he's still John Cena, right? He's still Tanahashi. So you can have him do that and, and still be okay. Um, so I think that's, that's part of it, right? I mean, you, can, when you're in WWE, if you're on TV every week, you know, they haven't done a good job of protecting guys on television, you know, so inevitably guys lose matches on raw or SmackDown or they lose at the pay-per-view. Um, you know, the only guy that they really can protect for the most part has been, you know, Lesnar because he doesn't wrestle every week. So you can have him lose a lot more infrequently. Um, but guys that are on TV all the time, they they ultimately lose. That's what guys like, you know, Kevin Owens and, um, you know, Roman Reigns and Rollins, these guys lose all the time. So what's, you know, I'm not surprised when they lose, but when I see some of these guys like Naito or Okada or whomever it is lose a match, it's like, oh, it means a little more because they don't have to wrestle as much and they don't lose as much.
0: I think when – and that's a good point that you mentioned. I think when like a Naito loses or like a – you know, Moxley beating Naito was a big deal. And that loss was able to elevate – I'm sorry. Well, that loss for Naito was able to elevate John Moxley. So I think that's another big thing because like for example – uh, on Raw, I could watch probably Titus beat Seth Rollins, and be like, okay, nobody cares because th- they know it's not going to go anywhere. But when you have like a, a Naito lose clean to John Moxley, it's like, all right, they're doing something with this uh, John Moxley fella, and they're going to push him. And I, you know, I'm interested to see how the rest of the tournament comes um, shakes out. And while we're talking about the rest of the tournament, Joe, I want you to give me your what to watch for this week. Hmm. Uh,
1: let's see. Uh, what to watch for this coming week? Well, um, of course we have the next set of G1 matches in terms of night 12 coming up, uh, this week. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, anything that involves Ishii, I would watch at this point, uh, because everything I've seen from him in this tournament has been, uh, solid gold, as they say. So if any Ishii match, I would, uh, take a look out for that. um, I don't think there's too much else. I'm trying to think of what else over the weekend is going to be happening. Not much this weekend coming up. Uh, you know, The following weekend, I think, is where things will pick up a little bit with NXT and SummerSlam and then AEW towards the end of the month. Um, but I think I think that's what I would say. If you get a chance to watch any of Tomohiro Ishii's matches,
0: that would be what I would look out for. What about you? Um, Ishii versus Goto. This week, I love Hiroki Goto. I think he's so incredibly underrated in terms of New Japan Pro Wrestling stars, and uh, just everything you said. ishii has been been—he's uh, been the best bout machine. He has been amazing. The dude's been a stud. Forty-three years old. Who gives a? Doesn't matter. Ishii is the guy to watch um, this week, and I, I back you completely. While we're talking about things to watch, I'm going to give you my match of the week from last week. And I'm going to throw a little swerve screw job here for you, Joe, because it didn't air last week, but I watched it this week. It was from like two weeks ago. Ilya Dragunov versus Jordan Devlin at Progress Chapter 91. Holy cow, Joe. What a match. And you I know you got a little bit of time tonight. You're saying, man, that sounds like something – I would love to see because I know you're a big Jordan Devlin guy. When he's at home, he's the import killer. But when he's overseas, he's the killer import. You're saying, man, where can I watch Jordan Devlin versus Ilya Dragunov? Joe, I'm going to tell you. I want you to head over to powerslam.tv. Use our promo code daddy all night long. You get the first 30 days free. You can watch Progress Chapter 91. Um, So for me, the match of the week this week was Dragunov and Jordan Devlin. I have not finished the event yet, Joe, but I'm going to tell you the main event is your boy, Eddie Kingston versus Walter.
1: That sounds like it should be a pretty good show. But yes, as you mentioned, Power Slam TV now has progress wrestling on it. So it's definitely worth checking out for that and many other promotions that appear on the powerslam.tv subscription service. So I uh, encourage anyone who is listening to check that out and use our promo code all night long, as you
0: mentioned. What about you? What was your match of the week, Joe? Nobody cares about me. They want to hear the Stallions' match of the week. I don't think that's.
1: I don't think that's true. Uh, the two matches that stand out to me, as far as over the last week, what I've watched, um, you know, going with the theme of Ishi, the Ishi versus Juice Robinson match from the other night, uh, this past weekend was very good, and on Ring of Honor TV last week, um, they had an eight-man tag. It was eight man now six man, probably six man tag between uh, Villain Enterprises and Lifeblood that turned into a street fight, which uh, was a pretty good little main event on Ring of Honor television last week. So if anybody follows that product or wants to go check it out, it's a uh, pretty good, uh, pretty good little brawl with some cool spots to uh, wrap it up. So those
0: will probably be the My two matches, matches for me. Another thing to watch out for this week, I can't say, I I can't tell you what to watch because I haven't watched it yet myself. But the Briscoe Brothers versus Dragon Lee and Roosh is on this week's episode of Ring of Honor TV. And the match was so good. Ring of Honor dropped that match like two or three weeks ago. So um, I'm looking forward to that match. And of course, the Ring of Honor, the Briscoe Brothers, the new Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions. I was Manhattan Mayhem last weekend, and uh, we were there, Joe. I know we didn't get a chance to talk about it much, but we were in Manhattan Mayhem, and I think we're very lucky because, judging by all accounts, everybody's saying Manhattan Mayhem was the Ring of Honor show of the year.
1: Yeah, it was about a week and a half ago that we were there, and it did feature the Briscoes winning the tag titles from uh, GOD, as you mentioned. Um, you know, very good match, you know, just a big, a big brawl, obviously, and um, yeah, it's on available on Honor Club. For those who want to check it out, at least the um, the last six matches from that particular show. And then they'll be aired on Ring of Honor TV as part of the TV tapings as well. But uh, yes, that match was very good. Um, Jay Lethal, Matt Taven, and Kenny King in a triple threat, also very good. Another matchup between Villain Enterprises and the um, Lifeblood people. Lifeblood. Uh, so that was also good. So there's a lot of good matches from that taping coming up on TV or anybody wants to watch on Honor Club.
0: Yeah, I'm also going to finish watching uh, Beyond Wrestling's American Rana. That was this weekend, dude. It just works. Real life work has been ugh, balls, and it hasn't allowed me a lot of time for things. So I'm looking forward to catching up on American Rana. I heard the main event between two of your favorites, the Product David Starr and the Bad Boy Joey Janella, in a Iron Man match. I heard it sold the show, and I heard uh, also friends of the show Chris Statlander and Lee. Went to war in a cage match, and they had a really good showing too. So, I'm going to um, definitely independentwrestling.tv. Um, I'm going to go over there, and I'm going to check out Beyond Wrestling's American Ronda Man. This with the G1 and SummerSlam and NXT. I'm, I, I'm, I'm. You know, what? I'm not even wrestlinged out. I'm ready for more. Bring on the wrestling. I'll take it all on. I'm hardcore, man. I'm looking forward to. Uh, I'm really looking forward to the month of August. I also, uh, I turned 26 this month, man. I'm so excited, Joe. I'm glad to hear that, buddy. Yeah, we're all we're all looking forward to that. Um, is there before
1: we wrap up this week? Is there an enforcer's hot take, or would you like me to shoot with the stallion, or are we bypassing that part of the format? Are we ripping up the format sheet this week? Nope, we're shooting
0: with the stallion this week, Daddy. I want to hear what you got. You didn't, you know what? You didn't seem very animated this week, so I wasn't sure if you had anything in the tank. So give me what you got.
1: That's good. I appreciate your lack of faith in me, as far as uh, what I have left in the tank. Well, Mike. <clears throat> This week, my topic is the Street Profits, okay? And I'll just make it very simple. I like the Street Profits. I think they're a very good tag team. They are the NXT World Tag Team Champions. We were in the building in Bridgeport, Connecticut when they won the NXT Tag Team titles. I find them to be a very entertaining team. Can we stop with the shilling of matches on Monday Night Raw for pay-per-views and other raw superstars. Can we stop? I'm tired of it. I'm, I'm tired of hearing them champion other people that they really clearly don't care about. I'm tired of hearing the word fam. The word fam is used a lot on TV. I really don't want to hear that anymore. Okay. They're better than that. I don't want to see them show up in their little red outfits. Like it's on Monday night raw. They're not wrestling any matches there. They don't need to be glorified. Hype men, hype your own pay-per-views, do some video packages, have some guys cut some promos. Don't, use the Street Profits for wrongdoings. Keep them in the ring and doing their thing and get better hype men. That's it.
0: Well, we're not going to have to worry about that when our friends Bob and Kyle take the NXT Tag Team titles from said Street Profits next week in Kyle's home country of Canada. Joe, I'm looking forward to that match. I'm looking forward to that weekend. I'm looking forward to eating that weekend. I'm I'm already preparing what I'm going to eat saturday night if you have anything you want to put on the menu you let me know i'll run it by the run by the natural we'll get on the docket but uh you know by the time actually no the g1's still going to be going on i'll be a monkey's uncle that thing is not it's not over until i think my birthday i think august 18th is the last day so it's going to be uh i think it's the 17th maybe whatever it might be on my birthday i will know who won the g1 that's all i could say as long as my math is correct, and Joe's going to look it up right now. And while Joe's looking it up, I'm going to remind everybody, head on over to All Night Long WP on every single social media platform you could find. And except YouTube, you go to youtube.com slash Podcast, and you can find us on there. Subscribe, like, rate, review, give us everything you got. And if you want to give it everything you got, you head over to bluechew.com, use that promo code WPP, and you get your first order of Blue Chew for $5, and all you're paying is a shipping and handling. $5 is quite the small price to pay for satisfying that level in your life. If you want all the good ingredients from the Cialis and the Viagra and all that stuff for the chewable, you go to bluechew.com, promo code WPP. Again, five dollars shipping and handling, and you get your first order for free. Was I right about the date, Joe? Was
1: I right? It's uh, August twelfth. Is the last day of the G one, so um, it's a little bit before that. Um, probably the weekend before it'll wrap up.
0: Same day as SummerSlam, actually. So we get uh, yeah, SummerSlam. Oh no, SummerSlam is the eleventh, maybe whatever. So I'm not even sure what time it is in Japan right now. It could be, could be, I don't know, <laughs> Saturday. Uh, but, listen, that's it. So we'll be uh, we'll be back next week. And don't forget, powerslam.tv. I'm really trying to champion – I'm going to steal your word. I'm championing powerslam.tv. I want everybody to go watch uh, Progress 91. I want you to watch Ilya Dragunov versus Jordan Devlin. And in the meantime, I want you to follow us on every single social media you could find. And, uh, yeah, like, rate, subscribe, review. Tell me, love us. Tell me, you hate us. Another week of the All Night Long Wrestling Podcast. In the books, he's a stallion. I'm the enforcer. We are tapping in out.